Where we talk about cool people you probably didn't learn about in school. Um, I'm your co-host and resident history enthusiast, Vega. And I am also your co-host and resident dirty anarchist, Isa. We love we love a dirty anarchist. That's yeah. actually uh, sort of an interesting way to go for, for today. <laughs> so um, when I was driving over here, I was trying to think of what would be like my quintessential Philly experience. Because the person we're talking mm-hmm. about today is a, is a Philly guy. Awesome. And so I was thinking, what is the thing that has happened to me that is the most Philly? And I immediately forgot anything that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yes. But what I ended up coming up with was those, like, really lovely moments that people from outside Philly don't really think about. Yeah. Uh, so, like, the time that someone was coming to my house who had low vision mm-hmm. and a random teenager in my neighborhood noticed yeah. and helped him come asked him what you know what what address he was looking for and, and led him up to my door yeah. i'm sure you have tons of stuff like that down here in uh, south oh philly goodness. too the first thing i thought of which was my most philly moment was when i had to evacuate my house because my roommate threatened to kill me because he was scared of the bed bugs oh fleas the fleas that's what they were i mean they're both pretty terrible yeah i, I feel that yeah and, and the reason i say that is that i told the story at a slam a a story slam and the host s- said wow that is the most west philly story i've ever heard in my life and that's a whole and again that's a story for another time but i also have a very deep love of philadelphia and i i do have many mostly good things to say about it it's actually an interesting <laughs> transition because well uh Philly can have all these lovely, like, warm things. I think sometimes I get a little defensive, but Philly also is a little bonkers. People tend to think about the time Philly's fans threw snowballs at Santa Claus when he put out the first pitch. I feel like he probably deserved it, though. I'm sure he did something to deserve it. I mean, come on. (laughs) Or, like, when Philadelphia kind of tore itself apart because we won the big football game. It's exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting. Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta... Get, get rumbly, you know? Yeah, so so when I think about this guy, I said he's, he's very Philly. Um, and I thought, like, what do I mean by that? Mm. And I think that's part of I'm going to explore. is like, why do I read about this guy and go, ah! It's a gritty charm. Philly. Yeah. So his name's Sam Bike. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and, like, spoil the ending. Oh, my goodness. Because uh, I think it's important to keep in mind the whole story with him. So the thing that he is known for, if he's known for anything, uh, is in 1974, he tried to hijack an airplane to fly into the White House to kill Richard Nixon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He had big dreams. Obviously, that was unsuccessful. Yeah. But it's weird because you'd think this would be something people would have heard of. Yeah. And... A lot of people haven't unless they are uh, enthusiasts of Stephen Sondheim's 
musical Assassins. Assassins. Assassins, yeah. yes. He is a prominent character in that. And they say his name wrong in it, unfortunately, but that's okay. <laughs> I have not listened to Assassins, but I will say for the listeners, I have probably heard more about Assassins than makes up the runtime of Assassins. Yes. Yes. I'm sure you have. <laughs> <laughs> Like mutual human in our yes. life is his partner who is a big Steven Sondheim fan. A big um, Assassins fan. Yes. Also. Yes. I went and saw Assassins with him once and I was like, that was amazing. Yes. And he was like, I mean, it was good, but I have some notes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> goodness. He said, I was like, would it be your dream to like run a play of Assassins, like to direct it? And he was like, yes, wait, no, because... I would get way too into it, and then I would be the worst director ever, and then like two seconds after it started producing, I'd be like, this is all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, change it all up. Change it all. Throw it away. <laughs> so, yes. It's, you yeah. know, it's good to know yourself. I think so. <laughs> I think it was part of Sam Bike's issues. I don't know that he knew himself. Yeah. So Sam Bike, he was the child of poor Jewish, Russian Jewish parents in South Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Philly was where a lot of Russian Jews ended up when they first came to the United States and settled Mm. in Philadelphia. There was this idea that the Philadelphia port was easier to get into than Ellis Island. Hmm. True, not, I have no idea. Yeah. But that's the story. So, ended up in South Philly, but eventually graduated from Olney High School, which is up north. So, obviously they moved. There was a lot of German Jewish community up there. I don't know, but he graduated from Olney High School in 1948. And I thought I wrote this down. I guess I didn't. He was, it, when, when people asked about uh, his, how he was in high school, people said he was charming, but uh, had a temper. Hmm. Which, those things go together sometimes, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, well, I did this. Considered funny and charming, but had a terrible temper. I did yeah. write it down. Look yeah. at that. Good job, Pastor Vega. <laughs> so he uh, had a lot of financial struggles. He had a family, wife, kids, and in 1968, especially a lot of financial difficulties and he wanted to open a mobile tire sales okay shop. okay so like i guess the the tire shop comes to you interesting yeah ingenious i right like yeah. i mean honestly i feel like he was ahead of his time because I think so that sounds like a disruptive i'm putting scare quotes yeah. around that <laughs> disruptive why industry. don't we have that now it feels like if you have a flat tire or you need a new tire it would be hard to get to the tires yeah I honestly I would call I would call this business be like hey especially because I just don't want to like leave my house right Right. pandemic really did that to me I'm like oh somebody can come do literally anything I feel like tire delivery that's an untapped market I mean there's people who will come and change your windshield so then why not tires it feels like that would be the more important thing yeah I mean I I tried to have someone change my windshield just on the sh- on my street, yeah. but they couldn't because, like, I don't know, there was something fancy about Ew. it. It's like my wife's car, and it, it has bells and whistles. So um, we <laughs> ended up having to take it to to the shop. But uh, the, the idea was there. Um, I appreciated that someone came to personally yeah. tell me they couldn't do it. Yeah. So he thinks this is a great idea. There, there's a movie about this guy um, where Sean Penn plays him, which is mm. it's not a very good movie, but Sean Penn's great. And they insinuate he was wanting to to sell tires in what we would nowadays call underserved communities. So okay. these were like black neighborhoods and brown neighborhoods. All right. I don't know if that is true okay. or something the movie did to try to humanize him. Huh. So what the movie made it 
So he wasn't, like, distributing them for free. No, but there was this idea, I guess, that they were insinuating in the movie that there were, like, tire deserts, I guess. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And they were insinuating that he was just, like, a really cared about. All right. Equity. Um, and honestly, I, I can't say either way. I, there's not a lot of information about this guy yeah. out there. And the information I have isn't spectacular, to be quite mm. honest. It's not like with some people where I can find, like, a really well-researched biography right. or something that I was not successful in finding. If anybody knows one, I would love to hear yeah. about it. So he wants to open his mobile tire sales shop, so he applies for a $20,000 small business association. That's the right word, right? SBA loan. Yeah. It's an SBA loan, whatever yeah. that is. And he had some friends who also ran a tire shop named Frankie Jones. Okay. Um, who was like his one friend. He was like one of those guys. Okay. And in 1969, mm. Richard Nixon becomes president, mm. which Sam Bike voted for him. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting move. Yeah. I think that's an interesting move for, for anybody. Yep, it in, is. Granted, in retrospect, we have the, the benefit of hindsight. We do. Also. We do. I also... Do not know at all anything about Nixon's presidency other than it was complicated. That's yeah, a way to put it. <laughs> I know. And I and this is this is gonna, you know, sound weird, but he did a couple good things. Well, sure. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if Sam Bike was like maybe he'll do those good things and not all those bad things that he keeps doing. Also, because he also did a lot of bad things yes yes he did um i i on 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 the on the whole very not a richard nixon fan i am not i am not a fan i did have a friend in high school who was a really big richard nixon fan which was weird and we can't see this because this is an audio medium but i just gave a look of full disbelief yeah (laughs) it was weird it was weird she's grown out of it she's moved past she's moved past it i mean I donated money to Ron Paul. Sure, okay. So we all have those moments. Yeah, yeah. I would take it back. Yeah, yeah. There's a, what's his name? Um, oh, the creepy, the steampunk guy who, like, helps Trump out sometimes and he has weird sunglasses. Trump has a steampunk guy? I. He's like a top hat and the sunglasses. What? You know what I mean? It, he does not look steampunk. I'm just, I'm saying that he's steampunk. If I Google steampunk Trump? Is oh no, you'll probably up? find something much worse. Okay, well we're not going to do or that then. Or better. This is a bad guy. <laughs> it's, it's, I actually wonder what does come up. Okay, now we have to do it. Oh yeah, we definitely need to okay. do it. This is awkward. Steampunk Trump. Let's see. Google's like steampunk. Oh, oh God, what is happening here? Oh, I don't know. Ever wonder what steampunk <gasps> Donald Trump might look like? No! This is one of these like uh, oh, weird... Oh, it looks weird. I'm going to tell you right now, it's it's a weird look. It's like he's wearing like goggles, but his hair's all like sticking up. You know, his hair looks like um the the former British Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Yeah, he, yeah. That's, that's very Boris Johnson. It's hair. very Boris Johnson. Was this an AI? Yeah, this is an AI. Great. Thing. This is what AI is for because I would hate it for someone to actually put in the hours to actually draw this and like yeah. think it up. But I love the fact that we can you know make it happen. Yeah, I like this one. He has two noses. Oh, yeah. Um, sort of interesting. I do worry about these AIs becoming too good because, like, I have friends who are artists who make money selling sure. their art online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. for the moment, while well, it's providing a two-nose Trump. Steampunk Trump. Steampunk two-nose Trump. And also his suit is, like, has gears on it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. It's, it's a look. It's a look. It's a look. It goes together more than I thought it would, if it that really makes sense. Does. Like it's it's more cohesive. <laughs> it's more cohesive of an of, of an aesthetic than I expected it to be. So um <laughs> anyway. Do you think Sam Bike was into steampunk? Um I think he's a mechanic. Right. He flies planes. Or well, he tries to fly planes. <laughs> he uh, you know, goes against the grain. He's a he, little unlikable. <laughs> hey, steampunk fans, tweet at us. <laughs> I, have, I, I, I will say this as a person who had a steampunk phase. Not one that I put any effort into, but one that was a passing interest. Um, I am now thoroughly past the steampunk phase. Um, but It's cool. I like the aesthetic. I like the aesthetic. Um, so I, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, I obviously, like... It's hard to take a person out of their era. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think he would hate it. Sure. Yeah. I'm trying to like my my image of him is so because the the sort of information I have is so like rooted in media. Mm. I'm trying to like separate him from like Stephen Sondheim and Sean Penn, yes. and I just like I'm struggling. Yeah, that makes sense. As if you couldn't tell. Dear listeners, um, but the conceit of is it the conceit of this podcast? Sure. Is? Uh, Fega tells me things about historical characters, and I react to them. And how and Issa knows things too. I know some things, but uh, like a lot of things, but okay. not about Sam Bike. No, you no. know about like ornamental spice boxes. I do. I know about ornamental spice boxes. I don't know how much that is. A, how big a part of? Well, he's a Jew. He is. Um, he is. He is. Don't get the feeling he's very religious. I, yeah, I didn't get that feeling either. Yeah. But we are, so So Sam Bike is new to me, but very well known to Fega, which is why. Yeah, we, we go way back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned about Sam Bike when I was in high school um, because there is a documentary, which is where most of the like, and then this happened, and then this happened, mm. uh, came from for this, these notes. Um, because... Uh, when you know back back when I was in high school, a million years ago, the History Channel still had history on it. Yeah, good times. Yeah, it was like all the documentaries were basically like Hitler or History of the Spoon. Okay. But one time it was Sam Bike, mm-hmm. and so uh, we go way back. So 1969, Sam yes, Bike yes. votes for votes for Richard Nixon. He becomes yes. president. And the SBA, unsurprisingly, is taking its sweet time to get back to Sam. Any mm-hmm. of us who have had to deal with government agencies know that it is a universally frustrating experience yes so that's not surprising and at that time he is diagnosed with what at that time was known as manic depression okay which we now call bipolar disorder okay and he checks himself into friends hospital okay and i i want to take a pause Mm -hmm. at this moment Mm because i think this is important because of Sam Bike's particular story, like I said, this is part of why I said like he, he tried to kill Richard Nixon, right? Which is an inherently violent act. But I sure. wanted to note that like most people with mental illness are more likely to be the victims, yes. of violence than the perpetrators, yes. And I have numbers even mm-hmm. love numbers. The blah, blah, blah. for those with a major mental disorder, the population attributable attrib- oh my god attributable risk was four point three percent, indicating that violence in the community could be reduced by less than five percent if a major mental disorders could be eliminated. So basically, that just means that if we could just 
wave a wand mm-hmm. and get rid of mental illness, which if anyone can do that, yeah, please. Go for um, it. <laughs> the general violence in society would only go down by 5%. That is a very interesting statistic. Yeah. Wow. So Sam Bike did a violent thing. Not not necessarily something you could expect yeah. from other people with a similar diagnosis as him. But I'm sure that's probably played up in the way people tell about him. 100%, which yeah. is why I wanted to take this, yeah. this little sidebar. Yeah. Because it also is part of his story. Because so he goes to Friends Hospital, and while he's there, he is rejected for his business loan. Oh. And, you know, this is one of those things, too. I I don't know about SBA loans, but I know about, like, applying for disability and things like that. Because I have people in my Mm -hmm. life who have had to do that. And Mm -hmm. you're going to get rejected the first time. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just Mm -hmm. literally what happens. And I don't know if it's the same with SBA loans. But when I was reading this, my first thought was, just apply again, dude. (laughs) Like, yeah. I feel like for a lot of people, I was talking with somebody today, it was just like, if you haven't had to apply th- for things before or, like, if you're just not familiar with the process, that's, like, the worst part for, like, applying for funds in general is, like, just not knowing what it's like. That really sucks. I can imagine for a lot of people, it's, like, you apply and you get rejected and it's, like, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's usually not, especially yeah. as regards the yeah. federal government. But yeah. that was certainly his, uh, his takeaway. Yeah. Um... Wow, I wrote a bunch of stuff about mental health stuff. Okay, so uh, so that happens, and he is feeling uh, not great mm-hmm. about Richard Nixon and the United States government mm-hmm. in general. What were they doing at the time? The government? Or, yeah. Uh, I don't know, Nixon stuff? Uh. I don't know. What year is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like going to China. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, so... This is the late 60s, early 70s. Okay. Oh, my brain. Oh, He's brains. Doing Richard Nixon things, which are probably terrible. Um, Richard Nixon he timeline. Suck. He He is not my favorite president. Not as bad as Polk, but Polk. Um, getting there. Richard Nixon, I don't think, enacted a genocide like Polk did, but hmm. I could be wrong on that, actually. Yeah. This is from the Nixon Foundation, so uh, I'm always big on understanding your sources. So these are people who are, who I guess stan Richard Richard Nixon sure. in, in the modern parlance. Sure, sure. He was doing quote unquote welfare reform, okay, and returning greater authority to state and local governments. So to me, that sounds like defunding programs. Yeah, I don't know. That could mean a lot of things. That's true. They're, they could have put a little bit more detail in this. Which is why I think it was probably bad. <laughs> right, right. It probably was bad. It was probably bad. I, I'm going to say when it comes to Nixon, usually pretty bad. Um, although it says down here that he passed a bunch of environmental initiatives, like yeah, the Clean Air did. and Clean Water Act. Look he at did. that. Yeah, that was him, which is weird. And I, it's, 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 again, this is somebody I know very little about. What I do know is that he expanded funding for the NEA, the National yeah, National Endowment for the Endowment Arts. for the Arts. He expanded that, and he expanded the the Environment Policy Act. But he also it was yeah. the worst in um, many, so many other ways. Yeah, I mean, Clean Water Act we're a big fan of here in Philly because uh, the Schuylkill was disgusting um and now it is a place that people will go in boats and i won't but i 
I my won't. friends are doing that today. You know what? I'm glad people are enjoying themselves. I'm glad they're that. They've got the, for the confidence. I don't have that level of confidence yeah. in Spookle River. Um, yeah. Maybe that's un-American of I me. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll um. be fun. <laughs> but yeah, Nixon, super racist. Did you know he was raised a Quaker? Yes, and I have a fun fact. Yeah? In the JFK-Nixon election, Haverford College, which is a Quaker, historically was a Quaker school, voted overwhelmingly for for JFK and the nearby Catholic school Villanova voted overwhelmingly for the Quaker Richard Nixon hey hey went both ways is there like a Quaker yeah. version of excommunication actually no. I know the answer to that oh and it's yes oh is <laughs> there... such a... wait it's no separation yeah, well, yes. at least back back in back in the old days, yeah. like in the 18th century, yeah. uh, you could get read out of meeting. I don't know if they still do that. At, at Haverford, you got separated, <laughs> which I guess is kind of like being shunned. In, and that's what I'm. That's how I'm thinking of it now that I'm. I look back now that I think think back to it because if you never, no one ever really gets kicked out of Haverford unless you like murder someone in the middle of the green. Um, but probably even not that. But if you murder someone privately, that's okay? Probably, yeah. So, But you got separated from the school, and then eventually you could come back to the community. I mean, to be fair, as, as a pair of Jews here, yeah, we are kind of known for being like, there's very little you can do to mm. uh, not be Jewish anymore. Sure. And even then, some like Chabadnik will probably walk up to you on the street and ask you to lay to the They'll make sure you are Jewish. Yeah, they're like, listen, <laughs> is your mom Jewish? Okay, so Richard Nixon doing Nixon-y things. Yeah. Sam Bike was experiencing a lot of economic stress. So let's let's kind of break this down. So sure. he applies for this loan. He is diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And he gets rejected for the loan, Mm -hmm. does leave the hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. He loses his family. Mm. Um, They do not stay with him through uh, his mental health struggles. And he's living off of, I believe, disability. Mm -hmm. And that's just not a fun time. Yeah. And in 1972, which is the same year his wife and children leave... Watergate happens. Oh, wow. Watergate break-in. So this is the moment that a lot of people were like, hmm, Mm. maybe not so much with this Richard Nixon guy. And Bike is just fully on the no Nixon train now. He's just like, absolutely not. He's, you know, Richard Nixon personally is the reason he didn't get his SBA loan as far as Sam Bike is concerned. Okay. And uh, is probably why his wife left him. Like, just fully putting all the blame on Richard Nixon okay. and doing this very loudly because it's he's a Philly guy remember when we started this he's a yes, Philly guy so he's like going yes. to bars and like talking about how somebody ought to shoot Richard Nixon yeah and that gets the attention of Secret Service okay as you might imagine somebody yeah. called in an anonymous tip mm-hmm. and Secret Service interviewed him like they do and uh-huh. they just decided that he was just a lot of talk okay basically like all bark no bite okay whatever yeah but here's the thing. Philly people, if we think something needs to be changed, we do it. Yeah. And I'm sure you've seen, like, when there's potholes, people will, like, stick things in them. <laughs> yeah. Philadelphia, when I think of Philly, the ethos of Philly, it's mm-hmm. like, we know the city's not going to do anything, so right. we do it. Right. And so he's got that ethos in him. So he starts driving down to Washington, D.C. During the oil embargo. Okay. So this is when at a time when it was very difficult to get gas. 
and he was driving to D.C. and trying to scope out security at the inauguration, Mm. also to protest in front of the White House. Sure. Now, here's the thing about protesting in front of the White House. Um, You actually can't do that without a permit. Oh. Yes, this is always, I used to be a tour guide in Washington, D.C. I took, if anybody has done like those eighth grade trip where, you know, they, uh, a school from like Ohio just loads up their entire eighth grade class into motor coaches and sends them to the nation's capital. Um, I'm the person that would meet them in D.C. and show them. Our great nation. Our great nation. That's an interesting gig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, so you can't actually protest without a permit now it's not a big deal to get a permit okay i don't know about then but today you fill out a piece of paper you turn it in i've i've had these permits for groups to like sing in front of the lincoln memorial and okay. things like that like it's it's not hard to get. no okay. but it is an extra step it is an um, extra step and it does feel like it doesn't feel great it's not great it feels like it's kind of defeating the purpose of a lot of protests Yeah, so he gets arrested in front of the White House several times, and he has the best protest signs. Like, I actually, I had to write it down. Okay. Because I will never remember this. So it's, impeach Nixon now before inflation drives the cost of impeachment sky high. (laughs) Had enough inflation? Impeach the inflator. Ah. So, you know, you see, like, protest signs, like, online, or they're usually, like, kind of quippy. Yeah. Uh, Not bike no um and then my detail yeah levels yeah there's nuance a story he's like handing out here's a wikipedia article about inflation and why it's richard nixon's fault (laughs) he also at one point dressed as santa Mm. on christmas eve great look yeah he dressed as santa and he held up a sign that said all i want for christmas is my constitutional rights to peaceably petition my government for a redress of grievances Fair enough. Yes. Did anyone throw snowballs at him? No, and he was also not arrested. Oh, because you can't um, arrest Santa. No. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's Santa? Okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. And so Bikes doing this, the, something we forget is, as people who didn't live through Watergate is that Watergate took forever. Mm. Like, we think of it now as, like, they caught the guys mm-hmm. rooting through the Watergate hotel room. Mm-hmm. And then Richard Nixon was out like a month later. Yeah. And that is not how it happened. Right. It was a really slow, I mean, it was politics. It was exactly what you'd expect. It also feels bizarre to look back on Watergate in this era where Trump has done like similar and worse crimes in full sight and nothing happens. Yes. You know? And I, I listened to a podcast <laughs> It's hard. About it's just it. like it's hard to think that that was like, a, I'm like, they, they cared about that. Like, yeah. we can do worse than that. <laughs> and to be fair, it took a little while for some of the Republicans to come around to being, to, to speaking out against Nixon. Sure. But they did. They eventually came around. Yeah. So I guess that's the difference. Yeah. Um, so during this time, Archibald Cox was fired by Richard Nixon on October 20th, 1973. Um, and so this is like, he fired the guy who was running the investigation. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. I get a very Trump move. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's some... Parallels there. Sure. So I, I think it's important to note because this is also um, opinions are turning against Nixon and Nixon is still and will remain the height of Bike's ire. Also during this time, Bike sues the United States government okay. with the help of the ACLU. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they basically are saying that basically the, the, they're, they're calling into question this idea that you, that it, it is illegal 
to have to require a permit okay to protest right which is an interesting legal question because mm. there is something to be said for can you imagine what washington dc would be like if you didn't need a permit and it doesn't feel very like free speech to have to apply to a per- for a permit so i think it's really interesting and i think it's a bummer we didn't actually get to have that discussion that's a major bummer yeah, yeah. like i i want to see some lawyers hash that out i do too so I, mean, I think I know what side I'd be on. Yeah, yeah. Still, will be interested in hearing what they have to say. Yeah, like I think I'm I'm on the fav- in favor of the no permit. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. also, I have been there in Washington D.C. with some very aggressive protesters. So sure. I um I feel that. Yeah. So he was written about in the Enquirer. Okay. For this, this is where I got a lot of my information about him. Just sort of a feel for who he was Mm -hmm. and he talks about his experience being arrested and it's it's pretty pretty funny yeah like he's a funny dude yeah and he talks about how he's so honored but by the number of people Mm -hmm. they felt like they needed to bring to Mm -hmm. arrest him Mm -hmm. and uh in post i'm gonna go find that quote because it's a very good quote oh good because i cannot find it right now friends i found the quote it was literally in front of my face the entire time Then he says, I was arrested by five cops and three Secret Service men. They had three squad cars for me. I had my choice of squad cars. You would have thought the White House was under siege. Frankly, I was sort of flattered. So he's suing the United States government. And so that's part, one of the ways we know about Sam Bike's sort of inner life, what leads up to his, his final act. And the other way we know is he would take tapes of himself like he would just talk into a tape recorder mm-hmm. and he took a ton of tapes of himself and he also addressed them to various famous people mm. he has a bunch of these and in february of 1974 he gets his car drivable mm-hmm. and he steals a 22 from frankie jones mm-hmm. remember his one friend oh yeah and starts driving to baltimore washington airport stopping periodically for gas just one dollar at a time because oh. this is still during the oil embargo yeah. so this is when people were like waiting in line for gas yeah. and things like that yeah. 4 45 a.m he mails the tapes to various famous people with a return address to Dan Lynch. Dan Lynch is the person who wrote the Inquirer article about him. And I looked it up. Unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. I was like, I want to talk to this guy who actually met Sam Bike, but unfortunately he's no longer with us. And Sam Bike's hope in doing this is that the celebrities will hear his message Mm -hmm. and spread the word. Mm. His message being, I guess, Richard Nixon's terrible Mm -hmm. and inflation is bad. Uh Uh-huh. So there we are. So 6.50 a.m., Sam Bike enters the Baltimore-Washington airport. Now, this is a very different time mm-hmm. from, from now. Uh, so the, you didn't have security yeah. um, at, like we do today. But there was some security. Like, there were cops around. Okay. And there was a metal detector at the gate. Okay. But you had to walk through it, like, imagine when you're getting on an airplane. Mm-hmm. And you're getting onto the jetway where they, like, scan your your pass. Yeah. That's where the metal detector was. Okay. So he goes to Delta 523 because the gate is close to the entrance. Okay. He meets uh, Neil Ramsberg, who was the police officer on duty at the checkpoint. Sam Bike apparently didn't think about this whole metal detector situation (laughs) and uh, realized that this was going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. So his solution is to shoot Ramsberg. Oh, and unfortunately, Ransberg, I don't believe, made it. Oh, wow. Oh, so yeah. he did. He did shoot. He shoot Ransberg. Okay. Runs onto the plane. Okay. 
Charles Troyer is the first policeman on the scene, and he takes his .25, I don't know how to talk about guns, Magnum off of Ramsburg. Millimeters. A a superior gun. He takes a superior gun off of Ramsburg. Bigger gun. He, uh, you know, goes to try to stop Sam Bike. And of course, they don't know exactly what's going on, but this is a time when there was a lot of airplane hijackings. Okay. So while it was a serious thing, Mm. it was also kind of... Fairly routine. Fairly routine, but usually okay. it happened in the air. Ah. Um, it didn't usually happen on the ground. Sam Bike was actually running into some issues as well on the plane <laughs> because he realized he didn't really have a plan for getting the plane off the ground. Yeah. Wait. So, okay. He, was he, was his initial plan, his initial plan was to, I'm assuming, wait until it was in the air. I believe so. Okay. I might have that wrong, but certainly he he did not envision himself being the one to fly the plane. Right. He wanted the pilots to fly the plane. Yeah. And told them to do that, and they did not. (laughs) They did not. I'm not not flying this plane at Um, at gunpoint. And then he shoots both of them and realizes that that's not going to work particularly well for getting the plane off the ground. He doesn't know how to fly. He does not know how to fly a plane. Um, And he has the flight attendant close the door. Of the plane. Okay. But she doesn't. Okay. She pretends it's too heavy for him. So she uses misogyny to her favor and is like, oh no. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I can't get the door shut. Yeah. I want to see if I had her name. Um, Cynthia Stovall. So Cynthia Stovall was the flight attendant on nice. that flight. And she went to quote unquote help first uh, in first class and used that time to communicate to police and so forth there are now police outside the plane as well and this is an interesting thing of now if something like this were to happen i feel like we have police that are specifically trained to handle Mm -hmm. things that happen on the tarmac Mm -hmm. these police didn't have that training and so they tried to shoot out the tires of the plane oh um which you can't do they're steel oh like they're not like your car tires you can't like slash the tires of a plane yeah so that didn't do anything okay so they're doing that. They're mucking around with that. We've got Charles Troyer still, like, in the jet bridge kind of area. And both pilots are shot. The pilots call on the radio for another pilot. And their whole thing at this point is to keep the plane on the ground. Yeah. Which um, just probably wasn't that much of a concern. Little did they know. Well, they didn't really know, right? right? And also during this time, Cynthia Stovall is focusing on saving the lives of the 10 people who were on the plane. Yeah. At the time. For sure. So she gets a bunch of people off the plane, and then there's 10 people who are in first class, and so they can't get off the plane. Oh. Because he could see first class. Oh, not first class anymore. I know, right? Wow. Like, huh, well, boy, <laughs> Pillay got off the plane. <laughs> but she gets the coach passengers onto the wings. I'm sorry, my numbers are all messed up. We're going to... Track. Bloop, 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 bloop. There were ten people on the tra- on the plane. Eight of them were coach. Okay. She gets them out onto the wings of the plane. She being the flight attendant, Cynthia Stovall. But then t- the two people who are in first class are trapped there. Oh wow! And that's when Troyer takes uh, what he d- I believe described as a uh, a hell of a shot, uh-huh. and he shoots through the double plane plexiglass window double pane plexiglass window uh-huh. so like you know the, the plane doors have that little circular window yeah dealy yeah he shot through that and hit sam bike doesn't kill him but okay. it inca- incapacitates him okay and then sam bike then dies by suicide okay subsequently okay. um and his last words were help me oh 
So they, I did. I should have said this beginning. There was a bomb. Oh, okay. Yeah, too. there was a bomb. Yeah, they uh, they Another take layer. care of the bomb situation. Good. And, and Sam Bike is is no is more. No more. And also, uh, the people who who died in this were Neil Ramsberg, who I mentioned, the uh-huh. police officer who was at the gate. And one of the pilots, Fred Jones, okay. dies. The, the other, other one pilot survived. survives. Oh, man. Sam Bike is actually buried just outside Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Actually, just around the corner from a place I used to work. I had no idea when I worked there. I looked it up and was like, oh, well, look at that. In the, in the aftermath of this, he was not talked about a lot, like even at the time. The news didn't talk about his motives. Sometimes they didn't even mention his name. Interesting. So quite the opposite of what he had hoped yeah. with all of his tapes and so sure. forth. And he's mostly gone down in history as this crazy person. Because he he did have this really grand scheme yeah. that comes off as, you know, not entirely in grips with reality. Sure. Um, but I think that's a little bit unfair. Yeah. Because he was indeed had some he he, he didn't have a great grip on reality. That is mm-hmm. that is true. Mm-hmm. However, he also wasn't being served by society, mm. right? So mm. he, this was a guy, hi Pikachu. Pikachu's a cat and <laughs> Pikachu just decided that it is time it's for time. me to pay attention yeah. to Pikachu. Hi. Oh, hello. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> he wasn't being supported by society, right? This was a sure. person who was mentally ill and he was not receiving the sorts of supports that mm-hmm. might have had any chance of helping him mm-hmm get better yeah that said he received more than a lot of people do today yeah he got a 189 dollars a month yeah um on disability he had a place to live yeah still not enough and still depressing and was not helping his mental health yeah which i think a lot of that was also stigma around mental health but a lot of those programs that kept him alive aren't really around anymore. And imagine if we'd expanded those programs instead of getting rid of them. Nonetheless, that is what happens. He's not really taken seriously in life or Mm -hmm. in death. Mm -hmm. Um, And even as much as I love Stephen Sondheim's show, he spends the entire time in his Santa outfit. Oh, wow. So there's a very comedic element to it. Interesting. And really, he, he probably would have been relegated to even more of a D-lister than he is now, Uh if somebody else hadn't decided to fly an airplane into a building. So September 11th happens, and all of a sudden, people remember Sam Bike. Yeah. And this is actually where we get the the History Channel documentary that I saw as a kid. I believe it came out in 2003. Sondheim's Assassins is revived. So it Uh had come out, it was off-Broadway in the 1990s. Um, and in 2004, it's brought to Broadway with Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, actually. really? Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris plays the balladeer. Oh, oh, he must have been great. Yes, he was yeah. very good. Yeah. Which I, I didn't see it. Right. I saw it bootleg on YouTube. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, you know, taken from someone's, like, phone or something sure. in 2004. So Oof, yeah. They start looking at Bike as more of a sort of ill-treated, forgotten loser. Interesting. To return to sort of my original question of, like, this guy just strikes me as so Philly. <laughs> he is very Philly. He is very Philly. This is a very Philly thing to do in general, is to be Santa and do, you know, gritty things in a Santa suit and all of those things. I also, and like, to be clear, like, neither of us, you know, support a va- violence in that way, perhaps. I'm against killing people. I'm against killing people. Like, it's actually, it's a part general, of our... Even Richard Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm generally against killing people. So not really like supporting his uh his, his end choices goal and is you know. But it is really interesting to think about how we brush him off because that was like what drove him to do it in the first place. It's not going to make these things any better if we just brush off people that feel like they're not being listened to. Yeah, and he did something really big. Yeah. So we re- we notice him. Yeah. But I'm sure there were a ton of people like him who just sort of wasted away because mm. we weren't taking care of them as yeah. a as a society. And I, I what I really like about Sam Bike is that he's he's kind of a go getter. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the job done. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, he, he sees he sees a problem <laughs> uh-huh. and he wants to fix it, but he doesn't know how to do it. Sure. And this is as somebody who has spent time educating people in the political process and history and stuff like that is something I'm passionate about is, is making all this stuff accessible to people. Yeah. So that they know what they can do besides trying to hijack an airplane. Yeah. And would he have been happy just visiting his rep? Eh, who knows? But <laughs> what he tried certainly did not work. Yeah. It had, uh, Richard Nixon didn't even know yeah. that all this drama was going down. I'm sure he found out later. But yeah. Yeah, that's my story. Wow. Let's Thank you bike. for telling me. Yeah. I'm so happy to know about him now. Oh, you know, a little bit sad, yeah. but... But also, that's yeah. It's good to remember people yes. that want to be remembered. That and also, I think it's important to. I think with people like Sam Bike, you got to come from a place of this is the thing he did was bad. Okay, we all understand that. So then, moving past that, what else can we learn about what happened? Yeah, with with Sam Bike. And also, if you're going to choose a president. Nixon's pretty far down. Yeah. They're on the uh, list. Not a fave. Not a fave. Generally. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple worse ones. Yeah. On my list of, you know, from would assassin, if I was that type of person, to, you know, would not assassin. Yeah. But, well, people I, I miss more than others. Yeah. Um, I would say that. <laughs> you know, Jackson. Mm, yeah. No. And Polk. Nope. No. Nope. Thank you. No, thank nope. you. No, thank you. Yeah. People ask me who my least favorite president is, and I'll be like, well, it's a little hard to judge. Yeah. Um, but it's Polk. It's um, Polk. <laughs> <laughs> People forget, I think it's because of his name. He's probably forgotten, and I'm not really sure what all the bad things he did was. He did a genocide. Oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Polk was instrumental in the push west. Got it. And a lot of that, like, manifest destiny and all it's that. It's interesting that we don't stuff. really study him that hard. No, we 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 play Oregon Trail. Oh my! God. And uh, go cool. That was fun. Yeah. Um, never mind the actual act of genocide that was happening sure. behind the game. Sure. Um, so with that uplifting thing, yeah. Uh, thank you so much thank for you. hanging out with us. Oh. Say bye, Pikachu. Meow. Thank you so much for listening to D-Listers of History. If you enjoyed yourself, be sure to subscribe and drop us a review on whatever platform you listen on. A huge thank you to April Keys for the use of the song Misfit from her album Mountain View. You can find her on all the social media platforms. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and sometimes TikTok at Delisters of History, no hyphens. A big shout out to the folks supporting us on Patreon. If you want to support us and get access to all sorts of exclusive content, become a patron of this program. All of this and more can be found on our website, delistersofhistory.com. Again, no hyphens, just smush that sucker together like a German compound word. And now for an episode-relevant audio drop. Those whom the gods wish to destroy, they first make 
mad. Not mad, I doubt it. I look at the world around me, and I see after tens and thousands of years, men are still killing each other. I think maybe the world is mad. I think maybe the world has gone mad.